Hi, welcome to another Power Blast podcast. I'm so excited for today's show. I've got my very special guest, Alita McDaniel, on here. And if you're a person that you know struggles with believing in yourself or just needing to get out of your own way, you are going to want to stay tuned to all the nuggets that she has to share. She's an intuitive life strategist, and I've known Alita for maybe about eight years, and we've worked on several projects together, and she has quite quite a following out there, and it was such an honor to have her on the podcast to be able to share some of these tips and strategies, and oh my gosh, I've got to watch it again because I was taking taking notes, and I'm like, man, I can't wait to share it pe- with people and listen to this again to get even more nuggets from it. So let's get to it. All right. Hey, everyone. I've got a, my, my, my good friend, Alita McDaniel, on here, and she is an intuitive life strategist. We're going to find out what that's about because I love the title. It's so awesome. And Alita and I have worked together in, in, in many different ways uh, over the past well, probably five to eight years, maybe eight or eight maybe or more eight years. years. So, yeah. Alita, welcome. Thanks, Perry. I'm so excited to be on your show today. Oh, that's so cool. You got up and you got on here. Uh, I know you're out on the Pacific Coast. And uh, where, where are you located now? So I'm in Southern California, uh, North OC, South LA, uh, right really much on the border of LA Orange County. Oh, very, very cool. Well, I've been to that area before. Really, really nice. Very, very busy. If you're going to get on the interstate or anything like that, it can be. <laughs> get on the, get on there, and then stay. It's a stop, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so you you've been going through some evolutions and changes over the the past few years, and you and I have worked together in uh, you know coaching people, um, whether it's health, fitness, mindset, spiritual stuff. And, uh, you've helped me out, uh, quite a few times and you're an intuitive life strategist. What, what is involved with that and how do you help the clients and the people that you serve? Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting how I, how I came up with that title because, you know, I started as a personal trainer and when I was training my clients, I have two culinary degrees. Uh, and I was teaching them about nutrition because I had lost all this weight. I lost 80 pounds. I conquered chronic illness. And, you know, I was using basically my experience to help them. However, on the back end, I have been studying comparative religions pretty much since I was six and I just recently turned 40. So the spirituality was always a, was always a huge aspect for me. And so I was, I was coaching my clients on the back end about law of attraction, quantum mechanics, you know, spiritually connecting and getting grounded. And I was realizing that, that those tools that I was giving them, the, the heady, more spiritual tools were actually supporting them in between their sessions. So over the years, as I continued to do this work, and I finally, around the time that I met you, I left personal training full-time in 2010. And I was attending a, a school for spiritual psychology called University of Santa Monica. And while I was there, I actually got my spiritual call. So it was March of 2012. I'm sitting in meditation in class and I hear God, source consciousness, whatever, you know, anybody wants to call it. I hear this voice say, Alita, you are to be a spiritual teacher. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know. That's not me. Like, if you look at my life, my life is scarred and flawed and broken. and I'm not the person to go out and do this work. And that was in March and by April, Uh, I I had a near-death experience and I actually crossed over. And when I crossed over, source showed me this grid of consciousness. And so it was like this crazy, just 
like void grid. It was all black. There was no color. There was no light. There was nothing. And there were just these yellow grid lines. <clears throat> and Source said to me, think of a thought, just think of something. And as soon as I thought of something, the image or the, the beingness or the, the physical thing popped up out of that grid. And then Source said, think another thing. Well, because in that, that realm of consciousness, things don't get convoluted. So the first thing disappeared and then the second thing popped up. And Source said, I want you to go back and I want you to figure this out so that you can teach other people. And I was like, um, okay, I guess. So in 2013, I ended up um, manifesting an organization that I worked with. I got like seven different certifications with them. And I started learning higher self-communication, DNA clearing, energy work. And as I started doing that, what I started realizing is that while I have a million and one tools to be able to support clients, it, it, at the very fundamental core, it's the intuition that I have when I'm with a client removing literally the, the belief that I can fix them and allowing my intuition to support them in, in creating a life that they truly desire and deserve. So yes, I have fitness experience and yes, I have nutrition experience and sometimes those come into play and I've got a ton of experience and, you know, in productivity and all those kind of things. However, most of the time I get out of my own way and I allow source to speak through me to give my clients the guidance that they need to support them in living out their passion and their purpose and, and whatever it is that they're looking to create. So in a nutshell, that's how I started. And that's how kind of the name came about. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way for the name to come about. And what, what an experience. So, I mean, well, so you talk about getting out of your own way and, and you hear that, that uh, phrase being thrown around, but so let me ask you, what, what does that mean? And, and how do people tend to get in their own way. Uh, Cause I, I hear that a lot of times and it'll be like, Perry, you just got to get out of your own way and yeah. just, you know, and sometimes hearing that you start to analyze, well, what do you mean? How am I in my own way? What? I don't get it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's such a big loaded question because I think a lot of times we have this belief and, and, and this, and this goes back to, I believe, you know, teaching psychology in schools, we're taught that ego is good for us. However, ego has a tendency to keep us locked in place. So when we look at it from a spiritual psychology perspective, what we understand is the ego is actually made up of limits, fears, doubts, worries, resistance that we have in life. It's based on our experiences and our perceptions of those experiences. So if someone was, for instance, like I was molested as a child. And so if I form a belief, which I did at that time that, you know, I'm not safe, you know, I, I, I need to be protected. I started gaining a lot of weight, a part of, you know, part of me protecting myself and keeping myself guarded. A lot of people think that, well, I know what I need to do. I just don't know why I'm not able to do it. And we have to get to the root cause of why we're actually doing it. So when most people are actually in their own way, what it means is that ego is running the show. It's the fears, the limits, the perceptions of what was wrong in the past that are dictating how we show up in the current moment. So it could be something as simple as, you know, a lot of people are, you know, looking to turn their passion into profit or go out and meet, uh, you know, the love of their life. And they're so terrified of judgment, rejection, right? They're so, they're, they have these fears that they won't even take a step foot out the door. They won't even talk about their business. They won't even talk about the fact that they want to go out and meet somebody special. They won't even give themselves permission. And that's what it means to be in your own way 
is ego is actually in control and running the show. Your fears are in control and they have absolute power over your choice. Uh, okay. That, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. As I'm going through and going, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, you know, with a lot of things. I mean, I know we have many different life experiences and doors open and sometimes we uh, step through them and, and do quite well. And but sometimes hit those limits, those ceilings and breaking beyond that. Um, you know, I think even John C. Maxwell said, you know, you're only going to achieve as, as high as the ceiling that you're hitting and how to, how to lift that lid. Uh, I think that's what he's calling it. Lift the law of lifting the lid or something like that. Law of the lid, I think is what it is. And so, so, I mean, do you have any tips or any strategies or things that you coach people through to get out of their own way? Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I do have a lot of tips and I do have a lot of tools. And, and I think the best way that I've ever heard it put was from this Swami guy in India. His name is Paramahamsa Nityananda. And he says that there's a difference between will persistence and will arrogance. Most of us have willpower from a place of arrogance. We're doing it. We're doing something for the sake of impressing someone or validating our worth or, you know, acts of virtue. So on the outside, it looks good. So we're essentially showboating. And when we look at that type of approach, we, we, so our willpower is gone in a matter of moments, right? We all know that if I'm doing something for someone else at the end of the day, I'm not going to keep going because my, my, my desire and my why is not about fulfilling my cup. It's about showing everybody else that I'm full when I'm really not. However, when we have will persistence, it's the notion that we are working to be one with our highest and best self. And so what that essentially means is we are in a state of acknowledging that the choice we are making in this moment is actually supporting us in being a better version of ourself in the next moment and the next moment and the next moment. So what we've got to do is we've got to stop focusing on what other, what other people think about us. And we have to start focusing on how we see ourselves in the mirror every single day, right? I've got so many clients who come to me and I'm like, Hey, have you told yourself that you love yourself today? And they're like, Ooh, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, okay, your challenge for the next week. Every time you pass a mirror, I want you to look at yourself square in the eye. And I want you to say, I love you. And I can hear the cringe. <laughs> I can hear in the, the background. They're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. And yet, when they're able to start doing that, things start to shift. Because what we don't realize is behind closed doors, we, we all lack integrity in some way, shape, or form. It's really easy to cop out and make excuses when nobody's watching, right? And that's how we know that our willpower is actually directed towards will arrogance instead of will persistence. Because we're so focused on what everybody else thinks that we're only going to take action if someone sees us. So we've got to first bring it back into how we feel about ourselves and understand that everything needs to fill our cup. When we're doing everything to serve everybody else from an empty cup and we have not practiced enough self-care, we have not kept our promises to ourselves. at the end of the day, like our cup is so empty, we've got nothing left to give to ourselves. So it's no wonder we've got no willpower to, to fulfill our commitments. And yet, when we actually operate from a place of will persistence, our cup is so full that it overflows and we're able to feed others from our saucer. Mm, so it's putting yourself first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, and I, I think I've embraced that for 
oh gosh, probably ever since I became a coach. Um, you know, I actually named my blog, put your, put yourself first.com. Um, because it, it's kind of like the oxygen mask, you know, if you fill your, you know, you, if you're filled with oxygen, if in the unlikely, you know, emergency situation on an airplane, then you, then you're of service to others. Um, and you're, you're not succumbing to the circumstance, but, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's easier said than done though. I'm, I'm sure it is. I mean, so um, are there some, some, some simple strategy? I, obviously you just said with the, um, with the, you know, telling yourself you love, love yourself, but um, yeah, I'm sure that ego likes to step in a lot and you, you get going and maybe a few days you're into it. And then I don't know, situation or the universe or something tries to test you out, see, Oh yeah, you're gonna put yourself first. Sure, you are. Let's, let's see how how much you can stick with that. I'll show you. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. So I was having a conversation with one of my clients last night, and we were talking about how, you know, she she's manifested all these crazy things in her house, like the the shower uh, drain backed up, the toilets, the sink, like all the drains backed up in her house. And and I said to her, where else does this program, you know, where else does this program show up? And she goes, well you know, before I used to injure myself, not like, not consciously. However, things would be going so well and somewhere, some way she would manifest an injury. And what, what happens is once you start to have self-care and you start to love yourself and you start to put yourself first, well, that same way of beating yourself up and sabotaging yourself no longer exists. So you start to manifest things in your life that will cause that same chaos. And so the only way to break that pattern is self-trust. 100%. Most people say, you know, I'm not able to trust anybody else. However, every single one of those people who does not trust someone else does not trust themselves. And so the the fastest, easiest, most simple way is literally something I call habit stacking, where you wake up. Yeah. You wake up first thing in the morning and you make your bed. Like that tiny little simple act of self-care People don't realize how powerful that is. And most people who are struggling in their life are not even making their bed. They get up and then they go about their day and then they're like, ugh. And then they stumble to to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee because they think that they need some sort of artificial stimulation to get energy, right? So my morning ritual, like first thing when I do, I I wake up, I make my bed. Second thing I do is I grab my glass of Himalayan pink salt infused water. So I drink anywhere between 24 to 36 ounces. And then I love, like, I love, and I don't do this every single day. However, it's something that I do regularly is I go for a walk and I listen to some sort of podcast or keynote speech to support me in whatever it is that I want to do for the day. And then I come home immediately. I have my coffee with my MCT oils and I sit down with my calendar and I strategize my day. And I focus on very, very small key points. I used to be like, I mean, I could show you stacks and stacks and stacks of yellow line paper of task lists that I've made over the years. And then like one, one list gets lost and another gets lost. And then you're focused on like, Oh, I've got to do all these things. And at the end of the day, what you realize is all of those task lists are made to impress someone else. You think that these are the things that you have to do. However, if you've not filled your cup up first in the very beginning of the day, when you start making that to-do list, you're going to already be stressed and overwhelmed and nothing's going to get happen. However, if you start with a full cup, when you sit down to strategize your day, you're going to be super clear. You're going to know exactly what you want. 
because you're not overwhelmed already. You're not starting the day in the same mindset you had the day before. Like, do you know the stats on how many thoughts are thought every single day by the human mind? I Eight thousand thoughts. Ninety percent of those thoughts are the same thoughts you had the day before, and they're all negative because the subconscious mind wants us to keep playing small, right, and keep things safe. So if we start the day focused on filling our cup, building self-trust, we are showing ourselves that we've made this commitment and we can trust ourselves to continue to follow through on these commitments. Those morning rituals are super, super huge game changers. You are so spot on there. That, I, I'm glad you shared that tip. It's, it's really interesting that uh, or maybe it's just, of course it's, you're going to say that because I, I'm working with a, a group of uh, two or three coaches and something that we did last year we're going to do this year, uh, I think in a couple of weeks, is we're running a Miracle Morning group. Have you ever read Hal Elrod's book? I'm familiar. I've not a actually Miracle read Morning. it. Okay. And it, it, it's, it's habit stacking. It, it, just like what you're saying, he goes through a morning routine. Making the bed wasn't part of it, but I think that's very powerful. Um, but it, he, he goes through a series of uh, six things called savers and it's sitting in, in, and you can do these like just one minute at a time or 10 minutes at a time, you know, for each one, it's sitting in silence, doing an affirmation, some visualization, some reading, or, you know, um, you know, it could be a podcast. Um, it's, uh, uh, exercise and, um, he calls it scribing for the last mm -hmm. S, but it's kind of writing in a journal. And I use like a little five minute journal writing down like just a couple of gratitude statements and what would make today great. But that's in the morning. That's kickstarting. It's not trying to squeeze it into one thing on your to-do list. Yeah. It's the, my do list. It's me, you know? And um, I find that if I'm traveling or if I'm, if I get off that pattern, the day kind of goes through almost like, hamster on a wheel sort of thing where I'm looking to get things going. I'm looking to get, you know, I've got this to-do list and things just don't happen. And it is for other people's agenda. I, I like the way you brought that up. Um, habit stacking. Love it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it really, it really, it really is about stacking because like, for instance, if, if you have if anyone who's listening, if you struggle with self-trust, if you struggle making a commitment, most people struggle with making commitments, right? Because they're like, oh, I know I'm going to fail anyway. You have to start with something. So if you start with making your bed first thing in the morning, after about two weeks, you're going to be like, you know what? I kind of like this. This feels good. Okay, let me add in that glass of water. Okay, wow, this feels good. After a couple weeks, then we can add a little bit more and add a little bit more and add a little bit more. However, someone who's already in complete overwhelm, for them to stack that many things at the beginning of the day, mm -hmm. they're, they're in such martyr syndrome. They've got nothing to give to all those things. So it, it really is important to build the foundation, you know, and you've got to stack one on top of the next on top of the next. Otherwise, if you do all of them all at the same time, they all come crashing down. Yeah. Oh, man. Good point. That's really cool. So how can this help? Um, well, it, you're, so by doing this, it's helping you achieve other things or reach other goals or how does this translate into other things of, of, with your life and what you're wanting to do and being able to give and serve and, um, you know, reach your goals and dreams. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, most people are, are actually just struggling to take on something else. Um, you know, a lot of people, we, we struggle with this, this idea that we need to be all things to all people. So for instance, if you've got someone who's 
you know, wanting to go out and start a business. They're like, well, I don't want to narrow down my niche market because I really want to help everybody. However, you know, something as simple as not being able to trust yourself really is the foundational root as to why you're not willing to even explore narrowing down your niche because you don't believe that you can actually trust yourself to guide these people in the right direction with whatever product or service you offer. For instance, if you're looking at losing weight, if you don't trust yourself, right, you're going to be so afraid that once that weight is gone, you're not You're going to gain it back, right? What's the point of even trying? Like I, I keep this picture by my computer at all times. This is me at my heaviest. You know, I was over 200 pounds. I was, you know, a size 16. It was my first size 16 dress. And I remember when I first decided to lose the weight, I was so terrified of what I would look like and what that life would be like. I was so afraid that I was, I was going to fail that I didn't even try for a long time. I did many diets, you know, for 20 years. And once I learned to trust myself, I was willing to do the work and put in the work and say, you know what, who cares if I try it out? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. However, what happens if I give 110%? If I've never done it before, how do I know I'm not going to like it, right? However, it took me habit stacking to build up the level of character that was necessary in order to reach that goal. And it really just, it applies in work. It applies in weight loss. It applies in relationships. I mean, if you're struggling in a relationship and you feel like you're not getting what you want from a relationship, I am going to tell you 10 times out of 10 it has to do with the fact that you are not filling your cup first, right? In a relationship, if you are not coming from a full cup, you will become codependent and you will wonder why your partner is not giving you what you think you want and need. And you're going to be blaming your partner for why your relationship is struggling, right? At the end of the day, if we are not willing and, and able and open to take responsibility for how our actions or lack thereof is affecting our outside reality, like there's no room for growth or change. So these, these apply to every area of life. Wow. Well, you sound like you've had some experience. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I uh, have. But yeah, I mean, those are some great insights with, with all that. It, it, you know, it's, it's just got me thinking, you know, of the past mm -hmm. and things that I've been able to accomplish that, you know, I still pinch myself at where, where I'm at, but then also realize that there are some things that, oh, I bet you if I have it stacked a little bit more I'm to get, gain more confidence. So, so let's, let's, let me take it. Let me ask you that. So somebody has been habit stacking and learning to trust. Mm -hmm. Do you get to some points where, and I'm guessing you do because I've, I'm feeling that way, um, where you do get stuck again and what can you do to get beyond that where, you know, you, you feel like you're trusting yourself and doing that, but then there's this, oh gosh, I'm just stuck or I'm hit a plateau or something's going sideways or I'm looking for another you know, another opportunity of some sort to bypass it, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a hundred percent sense. So we all get stuck. And I think this is, this is a, a huge conversation uh, that, that really essentially, we get into this mindset of it's supposed to be, look, it's supposed to be a certain thing. It's supposed to look a certain way, right? These shoulds. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and because of that, we get to a certain point and we're like, um, well, it's supposed to look different than how it was when I, when I originally set this intention. Because a lot of times what happens when we first set that goal, we had an idea that it was supposed to look a certain way. So when we got to that goal, we're like, mm, I'm not satisfied with this and I'm not quite sure why. It's because somewhere along the way, we placed conditional happiness 
on when I get there, I'm going to feel a certain way, right? So that's one thing. And, and a lot of people end up getting to their goal and they're like, why am I not feeling the way I thought I was? And it's because they didn't choose to feel that way when they first set the goal. So they get to the goal and they wonder, well, why is this goal not making me feel this way? So, so that's one thing. Number two, you know, acknowledging that where you are right now is the starting point, right? So a lot of times we don't even want to get crystal clear on our point A. We are so focused on what's not done that we're not, we're not willing to just look at this and say, okay, just a blanket statement. I'm just going to line item all the things that currently I want to shift. We're so focused on judging ourselves in the present moment that we're not willing to actually say, okay, you know what? This is my starting point, right? Today I am at the starting line and these are, these are the rules that I've currently created for the game. However, these are not the same rules I want to bring into tomorrow. So this is what I call calibration is we take a look at that future version of ourselves, and we say, who is that person? What do they do in life? How do they show up? What types of people do they have around? What types of thoughts do they allow themselves to think? How do they handle conflict? And we just write it out as though it's a present moment statement. So I am XYZ. I'm doing this type of work. I have these people around me. I'm loving life as my toes are in the sand and I'm living at my beach house, right? So we write it out as if it's a future version of ourselves, And then we calibrate. So we, we compare side by side who that being is in that future self versus who we are in the current self. And we say, what differences are there? And we start changing one by one by one so that we're calibrating and leveling our current self up to that future self. Okay. That makes sense. You know, um, I'm thinking calibration, you know, like they do with like a, a rocket or a plane or whatever, you're kind of just making little adjustments uh, right. to, to get back on course. But yeah, I mean, I, I, you got to uh, define what the course is, you know, where that is. And I, I, I like to always think of following a plan in, in a strategy uh, to, to get to where you're, you're wanting to go. But I think, you know, I, I think having the visualization of what, where it is that you want to go and what you want to be. I, I like how you did, did it side by side because then you can come up with a plan and the strategy to at least lead you in that, in that direction. Mm -hmm. and well, you see calibrations along the way. Yeah. We'll see most people come up with a strategy based on where they're at right now and what's broken. So the strategy is coming from a place of attempting to escape what hurts right now. And that's why people get st stuck. They're stalled. Mm. They're pushing on the gas pedal and the brake at the same time. Is right now, life sucks. I'm in a lot of misery. And I'm not worthy of what I want to achieve in the future. However, they're like, no, I want to escape. And so they're pushing on the gas pedal and the brake at the same time. So this is why we literally get stuck. However, if we're willing to open up to the future version of us from an explorative perspective, a curious and adventurous and childlike perspective, the strategy that we create is going to be very different. Very, very different. Very much so. Um, so what do you say to those people that, you know, you're a, that future self and people don't have a clue what they want with their future self? I've, I've ran into a lot of that. I've, I think I've faced that sometimes, you know, people are like, what is it that you want? Or what, what is your ideal this, or, you know, in, in life? 
and it, it just deer in headlights stare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's, it's, so this is a really interesting question. I, I equate it to, uh, so I was at the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference uh, back in October and I took a movement workshop with this guy and he went down into, you know, side split position, propped up, you know, hips were proper and in position. And he said, everybody sit down and do this. He said, if you are not able to do this without hunching your back, you're not ready for yoga. And I was like, whoa, that was a really huge statement. Cause how many people have jumped into yoga as a coping mechanism, attempting to stretch. However, most of the positions they're actually not able to get into effectively and properly for the spiritual aspect of yoga, right? Because they're, they're unable to even move in their hips. So that I apply to this. Most people are not even ready to look at their future self because they're so focused on people pleasing. They know what they don't want. Mm. They know exactly what they don't want. They can tell you when you say, what do you want? They tell you everything they don't want. <laughs> so so what, I, what I would literally say to these people is, is okay, great. Draw a line down the center of a paper and make a list of all the things that you don't want and then flip them around and write the complete opposite, right? So these are all the things I don't want. Now, what is the opposite of that? What do you want? And some, sometimes it's literally just flipping it over and seeing it from that opposite perspective that helps them be like, oh, I, I didn't realize that I wanted that, right? And even still people struggle with that. And it boils down, it always boils down to self-trust is we were taught, maybe we were taught as children that we're not able to be trusted to make our own decisions. You know, do you know who Dan Pena is? Mm, I'm not familiar. No. He is this fiery powerhouse, high performance coach. He has a, a castle in Scotland or I think Scotland or England or something like that. And, um, and he, he does these $21,000 week long uh, workshops. And one of the things that he said is my job is to help you succeed despite your parents. Because what he believes is that our parents taught us how to not trust ourselves to make our own decisions. Oh, be careful. Don't touch that. You know, oh, you're going to burn yourself. And they're in a constant state of attempting to protect us, that they teach us to go out into the world and be afraid of taking risks. And so, you know, most of us are not willing to risk our ego enough to say and declare, this is what I want. So we have to, we have to build up self-trust in order to build up self-esteem in order to be comfortable enough to explore what it is that we do want in order to get to that point of even looking into the future and saying, this is how I want my life to play out. Wow. That's some good stuff. <laughs> some good stuff. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure where, where, where we're all going to go with this today, but I mean, a lot of times it, it really boils down to, um, just giving yourself some of those quick wins, putting yourself first, um, I, I, and, and building the trust. And I think for a lot of people that's, you know, we're, we're trying to repair things where, um, before we build that foundation, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and, um, but how do you, how do you, you know, how do I get that? So, I mean, so you've got some tips on the habit stacking and then, um, oh gosh, help me out. What, I, I, yeah. What you want, what you don't want. Yeah. What you and want. then calibrating your, your current self to your future self. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Building self-trust. Yeah. I should be taking notes, but then I'm so absorbed in what you're saying. And I was like, I'm not, if I start writing down, I'm, I'm going to miss okay. what you're saying. 
it's, this is being recorded, right? So right, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. It's going to be helpful for many, many people. Um, any other things that you, you maybe have popped into your head moving forward or, or in helping clients with the, the next step with this? Um, I mean, there's just some great simple steps, steps and I, I don't want to overwhelm anybody with extra stuff, yeah. but um, are there other things that uh, people should consider? Yeah, absolutely. Getting support. You know, one of the biggest things that I, I really recommend to people is getting support. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share a little story because I've recently realized that there are a lot of people who don't approach me in conversation. This is me being vulnerable. I love to be vulnerable. I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to my life. So uh, I, I recently got some feedback from some people who told me that, um, that they were terrified of reaching out to me and speaking with me because they had me on such this pedestal. They assumed my life was perfect. And, and one of the things that, um, that I am very, very adamant about is making sure like, seriously, no, I'm not perfect. You know, behind the scenes, I, there's nothing about me that's perfect. You know, I teach you from my own experience, from my willingness to like keep pushing through. Um, and so I recently went through a breakup period, as you know, and, um, the breakup was with my now ex fiance, who was also a business partner in a gym business that we owned. And I knew that in the relationship, I was not present. I knew that I was disconnected. I knew that I was, I was really just kind of dimming my shine and choosing the relationship over my authenticity. And during that time, instead of me saying I'm doomed, I said, I need support. It wasn't just about me going out and getting a therapist. And then if you just choose to have a therapist, that's totally fine. I've had them in the past. However, I knew I needed a coach. I needed someone to call me out on my blind spots because, you know, most of us, it's like asking a fish if it's wet. You're not able to see where your blind spots are. However, when you have a coach to call you out on your BS, the coach is going to say, you know what, look, like this is how you're showing up. This is the feedback I'm going to give to you. And this is what needs to be calibrated so that you can create some change. And so I went and I got support. I didn't just get one coach. I got multiple coaches. And I got a team of people to work with as accountability partners to support me in coming back into myself. And so the, the number one tip that I give to people is always find support. And I challenge every single one of you who's listening, don't just, you know, don't just take it because it's free. Put some sort of financial investment into it. It's not, you're not just paying that coach, you're, you're investing in yourself. When you have skin in the game, you're going to listen, you're going to follow instructions, you're going to do what's necessary to, to, to step up, take a stand for yourself because you are investing in yourself. And so, you know, get the support that you need from someone who can actually help you find your blind spots. Because if you don't give yourself permission to be supported, you're going to constantly feel like it's you against the world. Hmm. Man, that's some good, good tips there. Um, I can see where that that's helped me in my past as well and where it could be really beneficial to at least a lot of the people that I've, that I've coached that are in that, well, needing to follow some of the things that, that you've uh, recommended um, and the support piece. You know, I think that is really huge for a lot of people that, and many people don't get that um, and how that can open up so many doors for people. Well, how many people are sitting at home feeling like they're the only ones struggling through this problem? You know, I mean, when I first started as a personal trainer, I literally put up 
my obese picture right next to my after picture. And I, and I basically told people, look, I understand what you're going through, right? I know your struggle. And they, they said to me, wow, I didn't know anybody else who was going through what I'm going through just because they've never spoken to anyone. However, how amazing would it be for you to get through your struggles and then help someone else to the next level and help someone else to the next level. You know, I think that we, we get so stuck in our own programs, our own ego that we forget that we are influencing someone with every single choice that we make with our beingness, with how we show up for ourselves. We don't know how many lives we could actually touch and impact by just taking a stand for ourselves and saying, I need support, you know? So true. So true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to when, when you're saying that some people avoided talking to you. I, I've had that happen in the past where people were wanting to get help, come for advice, et cetera. Then along the way, either they got sidetracked on their own journey or whatever. And I had one person, and this is just kind of a, a, kind of a simplified thing. Lady was at a vending machine and just, you know, I'm eating my own lunch, talking about whatever else. And she's like, why do I feel like the food Nazi is watching me? She, she felt like I was judging her based on something that snack that she wanted. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, how did I have that? <laughs> you know, where did, where did I get that title from? But to have people um, suddenly ignore or avoid because they're, they're, de- they're dealing with something and it's not, you know, I'm sure that you figured out it wasn't you, you know, necessarily, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You know, when I, when I was obese, I used to look at women who were thin and I would, I would tell myself, uh, they were probably just born that way. And I had these assumptions because I didn't want to see that, you know, I was responsible for the food that was going into my mouth. So I blamed other people for having privilege or better luck or better genetics And when I lost the weight, I remember walking into this fish restaurant with my boyfriend at the time, who was a bodybuilder, competitive bodybuilder. And I I saw this group of women from Curves wearing their Curves t-shirts, rocking their Diet Coke and their, their fried fish and fries, giving me that same glare. And, you know, it it was, it was kind of like a, a gut check because I realized that during that time that I was battling with all those things. I was so closed off to support. I would argue I was super, super defensive. I was very arrogant. I was very angry at the world. I was very bitter. And I didn't want anybody to show me that I had the power to change. I wasn't open to it, which is why I battled for 20 years, Mm. you know? And, and at some point, like, I don't want to die and have a tombstone that says she had a lot of potential. I want to, I want to leave this world with a legacy and know that I did something so impactful that people remember the work that I did and want to carry it out when I go. And I think that we need to start living our life based on legacy rather than fear of judgment or failure, because we would live a much fuller, a much grander, a much more powerful and much more authentic life if we actually did. Wow. Well said. I, I think I'm going to leave it there. I mean, that, that was really, really, really great. Um, you know, leaving a legacy. That's, that's so huge. And yeah, I, who wants to see that on there? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, somebody giving a tribute and it's like, Oh, that's such great potential. <laughs> um, good, yeah. good to know that you've got potential, but what did you do with it? Right. Exactly. And, you know, 
So yeah. that's great. Well, Alita, thank you so much for, for coming on here. Any, any other follow tip, follow up tips or maybe, uh, share what, you know, what you're working on now or anything that, uh, uh, website or anything that people can get a hold of you. Yeah, so, so my website is one full word ambassador for goodness. Uh, you can find information about my coaching there. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me Alita McDaniel, goddess intelligence ambassador for goodness. Also I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty much everywhere you find social media. I'm there. Uh, I'm mostly active on Instagram and on Facebook these days. Um, and I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel very soon called eat glow rise. Um, and that will be an actual cooking show. So we're going to be doing healthy foods and talking about the vibration of food and the importance of, of eating food to boost your clarity, your mental clarity, and your consciousness. So, I'll, I'll, you know, we, we just want to live healthy, fulfilling lives. And you know what? If, if we we can do it by getting out of our own way, <laughs> you've given us some great strategies today. And I'm sure that you know, some people down here may have some other questions that I know they could email me. Yeah. But you have uh, some really great insights that uh, if they can reach out uh, and you can help them out. Uh, that's Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, send me an email, Alita at ambassadorforgoodness.com. And I'd be ambassadorforgoodness.com. Yep. Love the title there. So creative. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Alita. And okay, now we got to close out the podcast the right way. Remember, it's, it's never, never too late. late. We'll see you next week. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>